0: Hello and welcome back to the Forever Loved podcast. This is the first episode where I will be sharing my testimony. And I'm just going to go straight into it. So I was born into a family of four children. British born by Nigerian parents, lived and brought up within the UK. I had a good, solid Christian upbringing. Um, I would say it was a typical Nigerian household household. And looking back, I'm really thankful that I had good Nigerian roots and that I was able to identify with the Nigerian culture. Whilst at the same time, I'm really grateful for all the opportunities that being British British has given me. I got married at the age of 28, after which I had my beautiful daughter, After about four years into the marriage, I realised that I had no other choice but to leave the matrimonial home. And this is where my testimony really begins. This was the end of an era for me. And um, I'm going to tell you all about it. So before I get into this, um, I've had a few friends who have asked me, why am I doing this? Why am I, you know, telling the world my story and you know what is the purpose um and that my dear friends is a loaded question but has a really simple answer the answer is that i'm just doing it so that i may encourage someone out there who was once in my position once who is sorry in the position who may be in the position that i was once in and hopefully they will be able to see that it's not the end that there's still so much more to come and that they can set goals and achieve them and that they can still live a fulfilled wonderful life okay so this is the introduction of how i became a single mother And I'll start at the beginning of the end. So after moving out of the matrimonial home, I moved into my sister's place with my daughter until I could get myself sorted out and until I had a plan as to what I would do next. Because at that point I really didn't know um, what I was doing to be honest or what the plan for the future was. I was still working and that really helped me because I had to keep on going. There was no stopping to really take account as to what had happened, where I was, the changes I was experiencing, the breakdown of my marriage, which was quite dramatic for for me, as it wasn't something I wanted or intended to happen at the time. But that's where I found myself at that point. It was a blessing, the fact that I'd moved in with my sister, because that wasn't the initial plan the initial plan was to secure accommodation for myself and for my daughter to live in but my mum being as wise as she was suggested that I moved in with my sister instead I guess now in hindsight she knew I'd need that emotional support and thankfully she was able to give me that both my mum and my sister at the time um, she had a nanny so we were also able to share the nanny um, it, made a, it made it a lot more easier for me because um, it was near, where she lived was nearer to where I, I worked at the time. Uh, and I kind of immersed myself in work and taking care of my daughter. With having family around, I was quite consumed with what was going on around me. And that time, it was quite busy. A lot of people were in the house. So there was always one thing or another going on. Obviously at the back of my mind I knew I had a lot to deal with, a lot to plan. And at the same time I was grieving. And at the same time I was just a bit confused. And really didn't know what was happening, whether I was coming or whether I was going. And the only certainty that I had was the fact that, you know, I knew I had to take care of my daughter. I had the certainty of a job and I had my family support. However, there was no really defined scope as to what was going to happen in the future. And that was really what I had to get a hold of. At that time, the nights were the most difficult because at night I was by myself and I had to think. I had no choice but to think. And I remember on this particular night, I just broke down... I remember crying out to God. It was really a question of survival. I was in survival mode. I look back now and I see that I just had to keep going and continue. And on this faithful night, I was looking at the future. And I couldn't see anything because at the time, I was still so caught up in what was going on. And at the time, I was married. And as a married woman, you see your future with your partner. You see your future with your children. You know, you may see your, the children you have at the moment, the, your future children, you know, your grandchildren. You might have planned the house you wanted to live in. You know, um, you're working on the goals that you set for yourselves and how you want to achieve that life. For me, the reality was that the life I'd planned out was all gone. And at that point in time, all I could see was black. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see a future. And as I was calling out to God, I saw a glimpse. I remember seeing a glimpse of light in that darkness. Just a small light, but a very real light. Where that light was going... I couldn't tell you where that light led to. I couldn't see it at that point, but I could see a light in the distance. And on that night, I was able to fall asleep, trusting God and getting up the next morning and carrying on my normal routine. I must say at this time, I was asking God a whole lot of questions. But I remember very vividly one song that I used to play on repeat by Marvin Sapp. It was called You Are God Alone. Some of the lyrics go like this There's no question of your greatness. There's no searching of your power. Your knowledge is all encompassing. To your wisdom, there is no end, for you are God alone. Um, Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth is here always. Um, It goes on just to talk about, you know, who God is and the fact that God is everything that. I need, and that He's the only wise God. So this particular song, like I say, was always on on repeat. You know, when I was in the bus, when I was in the train, when I was at home, when I had time to put my earphones in, while I was walking on on the road, I'd be listening to this song, and it it just used to encourage me, and used to, you know, just make me focus on Him, on God. And who he was, despite what was going on in my circumstances around me at that time. I was just focused on him whilst listening to this song. Anytime I was feeling low again, I would pull it on to remind myself that, you know, God was with me. He was lifting me, carrying me through all what was going on at that time. You know, song really spoke to me in that whatever I was going through, God was still God he was still in perfect control, he knew about it and he was there for me and ulti- ultimately he would always be there for me, he'd always still be God and that somehow all of it would work together for my good as it says in his word. Um, I think I used to meditate on this one because like I said I, I really couldn't understand what was happening you know at the time and I know I keep on saying that but you know, it just, it just, nothing was making sense. Um, and the only thing I understood and I knew with complete certainty was that God was still God. (laughs) He was still God, no matter what, he was just, he, he was there and he was God. So about, I think, maybe two months in, So moving moving in with my sister, um, I was privileged to go to Malta. It was one of my friend's sister's wedding. Um, And my mum and my daughter attended. And this was really an opportunity for me to just stop and think. Because after everything that had happened, I was always just on the go, consistently on the go, working, looking after my daughter, you know, doing one thing or the other this was time for me to take time out, sit down, think, assess what was next for me, what did I want to achieve, what did I want to do. Going to the Malta was like the first holiday I'd had been on in a while and I was able to really take time out and see the beauty of God, you know, just even in like my surroundings And just, I was able to take in all his glory. Um, The fact that my mum came, meant that I could leave my daughter with her and go and explore and do things on my own. I remember actually, one of the things I did on that trip was I went on a boat ride. I think we were going to the island of, I think it was called Gozo. What was it, Gozo or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. It was a while back. yeah I think it was the Blue Lagoon and it was just me because my mum had chosen to stay behind with my daughter to enjoy the hotel and its facilities and I remember there was a lady on the boat and they gave us the opportunity to go into the sea so we were out at sea and they said you know you can go snorkeling go in with the fishes and you know you can go in for a swim and some people um, went in you know, did the snorkeling, did the swim, and someone just watching and talking and taking in the view. I had my swimming costume, but I think I was just scared. As in, how could I go into the sea? You know, I knew I could swim, but I was like, what if I drowned? Or you know, um, what if the you know, the, what if I couldn't swim in deep water? Or it was too deep, or something like that. You know, I was just like thinking all sorts of things because I'd never swam in proper sea before. And even though I'd been to the seaside, you know, it's quite shallow, it's near the shore. So I was battling all these thoughts in my head, you know, should I go, should I not go in? You know, I might not get this opportunity again very soon. You know, it'd be a nice experience to go. And there was this lady, you know, who was there and, you know, she very subtly talked me into giving it a try. She offered me her snorkeling goggles. She said she'd come in with me. She wasn't pushy whatsoever, but she was just really encouraging, you know, saying, what did I have to lose? And at least I would have done something I'd never done before. You know, she, she just made me really, um, she, she made me feel like, you know, why not really? Um, why don't I give myself that opportunity? So I went in and literally, I think I went in for about less than five minutes, you know. But for me, I had made it in, you know. I'd made it in, I'd come off the stairs of the boat and I would able to put my head under the water and see all the beautiful fishes and all their different colours. You know, they were all surrounding me And I was just like, wow, in awe Like, oh my gosh, wow, you know the, And it obviously it was so deep Because you're out in the ocean And then I came out, you know And it was such an empowering experience You know, it was absolutely empowering It just made me feel like I could do anything um, Here I was, afraid of what the future held Afraid to do anything, really Fear was holding me back in so many areas of my life. Um, But that day I conquered, I conquered it. And I did something I would never ordinarily do. I would never even ordinarily want to do that. I would never ordinarily feel like that is something fun to do. But it was just so liberating. And I just felt like, you know, it wasn't that bad. And there was actually nothing to be scared of. So I learned a great lesson that day and I just felt like there was nothing that I couldn't do. I just had to face it and go for it and actually I might find that I either like it or it's turned out really good. And so whilst we were at Malta, we did other trips like, you know, went to the aquarium, we did a tour around St Paul's. It was it was a really nice trip for me I was able to sit down write down my immediate plans and goals um for example I was able to sort out you know what I wanted in terms of my living circumstances I was really able to pray to God for direction because um I had I had plans in my head um but I just needed confirmation that those plans were actually God's plans and you know get that go-ahead from him, you know, where did I plan on living? What did I plan on doing? Because prior to this, I was already considering leaving London, which is where I was born and raised. Um, And now that I was single and a single mother, in fact, you know, I was asking myself the questions was, did I really wanna embark on moving out of London and losing my support network? um, what I mean by that is, you know, obviously I'm not having them around me as I would have had I been, had I stayed in London. So I prayed, I prayed earnestly and I had to ask myself questions, um, like, like what exactly did I want out of life and what did I want for myself and what did I want for my daughter? And when I answered those questions, um, God just told me that he would back me all the way. You know, he told me that he was there for me and that he was all I needed at that point. Um, I needed him and just him. And that just gave me the push and the courage to, 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 to just make the decisions that I had been holding back and fearful of making. So that trip was actually a huge turning point for me because by the time I came back from Malta, I had a game plan. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I was scared, <laughs> scared as, you know, I won't say it, but I was scared, you know, but I had clarity and certainty from God that this was the plan, this was what He had planned for me. I was certain that he would back me up, and this was uh, an opportunity for me to really exercise my faith, you know, focused on not what I could see, but what I knew and who I knew God was and who he was in my life, and knowing that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And, um,. Yeah, one of the one of the decisions I made, one of the plans I knew God had for me was for me to actually actually move out of London to a place that I'd never be, been, but well, to a place that I'd never lived before. Um, I didn't know anybody, and to start again. Um, and this is exactly what I did. I left London I went to a place whereby I knew no one and I started all over again you'll find out more about how that went (laughs) about or what came about in the next episode see you then till next time